This is Alicia, and welcome to the College Life Podcast. I am super passionate about education, personal development, growth, and bringing out the best in every college student. This podcast will help motivate you, empower you, and bring you clarity and confidence in who you are, in your purpose, and help you take action toward a life you love. Don't wait until you graduate to live your best life. Let's start now. What's up and welcome to the College Life Podcast. It's Alicia here and today I interviewed Alex Velitis and he is the author of a new book called Modern College. He just graduated within the past like three or four years and has already written a book about what he learned because he saw a problem and he wanted to help solve it. So that's kind of how we got connected. I'm really excited for you to hear his college journey and you'll be able to purchase the book in the show notes. Let's go ahead and dive into the episode. Welcome to the College Life Podcast. It's Alicia here, and today I am interviewing Alex Valitis. Alex is currently a product manager at LinkedIn and the author of the newly released book, Modern College. I am so excited to have you on today and can't wait to talk about your book. So thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thank you, Alicia. I'm super excited to you know, spend some time talking through the book and just college in general today. And, you know, as we were saying in the buildup, this is my first like podcast I've done as part of the book. So uh, I'm super excited for this process as well. Yeah, we're so excited to be on this journey with you. So let's go ahead and first dive into your college experience. What was college like for you? Yeah, definitely. That's, uh, it's a great question. It's something I've spent really like the last year and a half uh, reflecting on deeply uh, as I wrote this book. So, you know, I think one thing that helps a little bit is just to like briefly give my journey into college, because one thing I recognized when I was writing this book is, you know, I have just one single path, right? Like millions of people go to college, um, you know, people of different sexes, different religions, um, you know, everyone has a fundamentally different experience. Uh, but I can talk a little bit about what mine was and hopefully that can help people uh, relate and, you know, fill in the gaps of where there's similarities or different. But uh, as a quick background on me, um, you know, I was born out in Connecticut, but I grew up most of my life in the Midwest in Wisconsin. Uh, when it was time to make, you know, a decision on college, I got accepted to a number of universities, but, you know, I ultimately opted to go to the University of Wisconsin-Madison. Uh, it's pretty widely respected as, you know, the, one of the best schools in the state of Wisconsin. Um, you know, I had a great time. It was everything I could have, you know, hoped and dreamed for in a four-year college experience. It wasn't always, you know, clean. At times, it was messy going through these, you know, different life events and decisions. But, you know, I graduated uh, after four and a half years, half a victory lap um, with degrees in computer science and economics. And, you know, I'd be happy to talk through that in more depth, but that's essentially, you know, where I went to college. And immediately after college, I landed a role uh, as a product manager at Intuit. They build uh, popular software apps like TurboTax, QuickBooks, Mint, um, and that led me to where I am here. So I'm happy to dive into some of those details. I'm sure we'll get into it, but that's kind of just like a high level of where I went to college and, you know, the path. Yeah. So part of your book, um, I, I loved hearing about your story to kind of how your major came about. And so I would love if you could share a little bit about that of kind of, I think it was in your orientation and what happened and then 
how that developed over time and changed. Definitely. Yeah. I think that's, you know, such a key component to like any college experience. And, you know, I'm, ha I'm happy you brought that up right away. Cause I do think it's, you know, a critical thing to talk about. Right. Um, one of the themes I try to push in this book is basically to try to look at college holistically look at it from beginning to end. And I think, you know, where a lot of people tend to get their college experiences derailed is they make these decisions in sort of silos. So, you know, people will make the decision, do I want to go to college or not in one silo? And then once they're in there, they're like, oh, like, what do I want to major in? And then after they graduate, they're like, okay, what do I want to do? Right. And look, it was sort of like this kind of, you know, on the spot decision. I remember I came into the University of Wisconsin-Madison. They have the student orientation called SOAR, where they basically bring us in in waves. And I remember the first day of the orientation, they bring, you know, all the students and the parents into an auditorium. And they're like, okay, like, we're going to split up and go select your classes for the first semester. Like, there's different, you know, counselors around the room holding up signs with the respective, you know, colleges. And they were like, go pick your college. And I like, kind of like looked at my mom and I'm like, this like, isn't a thing right now, right? Like, I'm not like actually like picking my major because it seems like I kind of am. And like people were like panicking and like kind of running the different signs. And I remember I walked up to this guy that was holding, you know, the college of engineering sign. And I was like, hey, like, what if I want to like change my major? And he was sort of like, oh, you can, you know, always go back and change it later if you don't like it. Um, you know, just like come and get an initial like course uh, load set up. So I was like, okay. And, you know, I go to the College of Engineering, I'm in that building, and immediately the course schedule they set me up with is like a completely engineering specific course schedule. And I think that was kind of the beginning of this like sunk cost fallacy, where like I did a semester of that, and then I immediately like set up more classes in engineering the following semester. I did freshman year, I was like, okay, like I don't want to change majors, like I took a year's worth of engineering courses. Um, so yeah, so going, you know, the summer before my junior year, I essentially took this internship at a company that made wire and cable for like nuclear power plants. So without getting like too technical, basically, you know, this cable would help power coolant valves to make sure there weren't like nuclear meltdowns, right? And you know, I was doing this internship and every day I'd find myself on like these production floors, like wearing like flame retardant gear, like trying to test the quality of these cables. And I remember like basically halfway through the summer, I was like, I hate this. Like, I can't do this major. I can't see myself doing this when I'm older. And then I was like, what do I do? Because at this point, I'd been in the sunk cost fallacy from the day I entered orientation to that summer. And I had wanted so bad to avoid a major change. And I was like, here I am halfway through what I thought would be a four-year college experience. And I'm having like an existential crisis. Um, and so I had one really, of those as well. I totally understand. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like it, it, it's interesting, right? Because, you know, no one tells you about how to handle these things, right? Like you don't get trained in high school or even like college counseling of how to do this. So, you know, for me, I just had to get introspective and I, I started reaching out. Um, and there was one college professor in particular, his name is Dan Obshesky. Uh, he taught this business course at the University of Wisconsin-Madison. And I, I, I put the email exchange in the book because I wanted people to know just like how lost I was. And I basically sent him this email of like, hey, like, I don't really know what to major in. I know you mentioned these majors that you did and they were successful. Like, what are your thoughts? 
Um, and he basically encouraged me to, you know, pursue a path I was more interested. So going into my junior year, I made a last minute switch to computer science and economics double major uh, with some clever course scheduling and some like AP courses from high school. I was able to, you know, complete those majors in you know, only one extra semester. So it took me four and a half years. But that was kind of my college major journey. Uh, obviously, it wasn't super clean. There were a lot of stumbles along the way. But uh, honestly, I wouldn't have had it any other way when all said and done. Yeah, I want to go back to this internship because I think it is so valuable that you were able to get into it and be immersed in it because I think first off, like what a cool experience, right? You get to be working with like nuclear power plants and being in that environment and and it's so needed in our world to make sure that we are protected as humans, you know, like it's such a valuable work, but it's not your work, you know, and you, you figure that out. And so um, I loved your perspective and how it like helped you get to the next step and it wasn't necessarily like a waste of your time, right? Like you still had so many experiences from that internship. Exactly, yeah, I think you bring up a really good point there, which is that, you know, I, I put on the cover of this book, right? It's Modern College, Choose Your Path, Get a Degree, Land Your Dream Job, right? And, you know, the funny thing about like landing a dream job is no one loves their job 100%, right? Like it doesn't matter how successful, you know, if they're a famous person, whatever, there's parts that, you know, every job you're not going to like. And really what you're trying to do, especially early in your career, is you're trying to experiment and figure out what do you like and what don't you like, right? And so with this in first internship, while it was clear that this specific role wasn't what I wanted, it did lead to some interest for me. So for instance, I wrote, you know, my first piece of computer software as like a side project for this. And that's what ultimately led me into the software field, which is what I do today. Um, so to your point, even if, you know, it's not the right role, I always encourage, you know, college students, like if you have a professional opportunity, like take it because so much of this is about building momentum and learning what you do and don't like. And while it's not going to probably be perfect on that first opportunity, what it will be is a chance for you to experiment and get closer, you know, to that right role for you one day. Yes, I, it's so true. Oh gosh, it's so true. They're building blocks and I love that. And I think one thing that you also mentioned in this kind of story was the sunk cost fallacy. And one of the things that you said in the book was um, the negative aspect to being locked into one path is that you may have blinders on and fail to consider other paths because so much of your coursework is focused in one area, which is a problem if you initially choose the wrong path. And mm -hmm. What I'm hearing you say, well, well, first off, I'd love to just hear like, what, what do you mean when you say the sunk cost fallacy? Because I think you do a great job of, of sharing that in the book. Um, and I hadn't heard that terminology before, but I think it's so relevant for students right, like right now, but then um, in life too, it's, it's, it's good to invest a lot of time and energy into something. And it's also okay to change directions and to pivot, but also like still learn from what you learned and what you have invested so many years potentially of your life into, like it's okay. Um, so how would you, I guess, describe sunk cost fallacy to somebody who doesn't know what that means or has never heard that term before? Yeah, definitely. It's, it's actually a term I wasn't even, you know, familiar with till like shortly after college. And you know, basically, like the idea of the sunk cost fallacy, at least how I interpret it is, you know, like the more like, sort of investments we make emotionally, physically with our time into a given, you know, venture or hobby, 
the project, you know, the more we feel invested in it and we feel this uh, sense of if I stray away from this path, I'm going to essentially lose everything I've already invested in that. And, you know, I tried to give like an analogy in the book of it almost being like this bank fall where you feel like you're contributing to it over and over and over. And we feel like if we want to pivot paths that like we're starting fresh, like we're starting from zero and we're essentially losing all that prior emotional investment. And, you know, I think the reality is and what a lot of people, you know, kind of miss early on is like a lot of that, you know, investment is actually transferable, right? Like the skills you take are a lot more malleable and applicable to other areas than they may initially seem. And the other part of it that I think I really, you know, struggled with at first was that you can really quickly make up ground if you find yourself in an area that you're truly a better fit for, right? Like, Mm-hmm. For me, I was seeing very like linear gains in terms of knowledge in the space. But the second I switched to these spaces I was interested in, it's kind of exponential growth in terms of, you know, knowledge growth and skill growth. So I encourage people to, you know, on the one hand, like, you know, you shouldn't take your time for granted, right? Like as a young person, your time is one of the most valuable assets you have. But at the same time, you shouldn't be afraid to experiment, right? Because what you don't want to do is be missing out on a path or, you know, a skill set or a career that is your true calling, right? Because you feel like you're going to have this, you know, artificial investment uh, evaporate when you change. Yeah, I love the way that you explained that. I think that that is just, it's so relevant for for all of us really in, as humans, but especially like as a college student trying to figure out and you're investing a lot of time and energy in navigating all of these things. Um, I started out as a teacher, like elementary education, and then I wanted to transition into business, but but because of policies, which is totally real in some um, of our education systems, policies will prevent you from even changing your major to what you actually want. Because in my case, I was so far along, I had three semesters left when this kind of happened to me. And in those three semesters, they were kind of like, well, if you really want to do business, you're better off just graduating with any degree and then getting, you know, starting kind of on the lower tier and then working your way up and specifically in hospitality. And so it didn't make sense for me to invest, you know, two and a half more year, or it would be like an, another year and a half more in addition to the year and a half that I still had left, I think in order to like change my major to business. And it just didn't make sense financially on my end as a financial investment. It was more like, okay, well maybe I need to do things outside of school to kind of work my way into that. And I ended up not, not doing that anyway. Um, so it just, I think you have to also kind of navigate within the institution, but it doesn't, I think just because you're so far along and you think that it's like a sunk cost fallacy, like you can still play within the bounds of what you have, but also get creative and what experiences you have kind of outside of the classroom, which you also talk about in the book too, which I really um, loved. Um, So I'm curious about any other challenges that you experienced in your college journey that might be helpful to share um, kind of what you learned in those challenges. Yeah, definitely. And I guess just like before I hop into that, one thing I too wanted to address that like you just brought up, which is, you know, part of when I was writing this book was, you know, I, I didn't want it to be like a referendum on the current college experience, but I, I did want to address sort of the gaps and sort of what are some of the key problems with college, right? Because, mm-hmm. you know, as easy it is, it, as it is for someone like me to say, hey, like, just change your major, pursue what you're passionate about. 
like there are very real roadblocks, right? Like to your point, you know, one of the issues or shortfalls I see with the current, you know, four year college experience is that, you know, they don't make it very easy to switch majors. The cost is so high that, you know, if you're someone who does end up in the wrong major and you have to take, you know, an extra year, like that can be crippling from, you know, a life perspective, a financial perspective. So, you know, to your point, like with this book, I didn't want to just sit there and you just shout from the rooftops, like, you know, the four year degree sucks. Like there's all these issues, like there's certainly gaps, right. Um, and they, they should be addressed. But what I tried to do at least was give advice of like, okay, you know, this is a challenge with college, but these are possible ways you can get around it. So, um, to your point, you know, I want college students to recognize that like, Hey, there is a certain amount of like pragmatism that's needed when you're approaching these things. But at the same time, like, recognize that, you know, it's not your fault, right? If you need to change and, you know, a lot of this is a system that needs to um, kind of develop. Um, but anyways, uh, moving on to your, you know, your next question. I, you know, I think there's a lot of things, right? I could have talked about in college and, um, you know, this was one thing I struggled with. I looked at a lot of the best selling books, um, you know, just the sums that some of the ones at top Amazon, like the freshman survival guide, you know, the naked roommate is the name of one ironically. Um, and what they did a lot was like, they really focused on this like long tail of experiences. They'd get into like very specifics, like, Oh, like here's an entire chapter, like devoted to like Greek life. And I'm like, well, not everyone's going to do Greek life. So I don't want to like cover a whole chapter. So what I tried to do were, was focus on, you know, some of the, key learning lessons that I felt were applicable to, you know, all college students. So, you know, one of those is obviously, you know, the, the struggles I had with, you know, aligning and finding a major that was right for me. Um, I also tried to talk on some of the social issues, right? And this was something that was really challenging for me because just opening up, you know, to a wide audience like this isn't something that, you know, I'm necessarily comfortable with naturally, but I felt it was important for people to, you know, kind of see some of these low points. Um, you know, and I, I talk about one uh, section in particular where, you know, one of my previous roommates and, you know, I, I intentionally leave him anonymous, um, you know, he really struggled with a drug addiction. And, you know, this is something that I feel like, you know, some parents might find a little taboo to talk about, but it's such a real part of the college experience. This was you know, someone that was extremely talented, um, someone that was smarter than me, someone who, you know, came into college with like a really good plan of what he wanted to do. Um, and essentially, he, you know, kind of got caught up with the wrong crowd, got involved with some of the wrong activities and, um, and ended up derailing his college, you know, career for a long time. So, you know, these were some of the areas I wanted to talk about, because when I see college students get their, you know, experience truly derailed, it's really because of like a failed exam. Like, you'll find that there's very few times where college students are like, oh, like, I failed too many exams, um, and like, I never got a degree because of it. It's usually like the external pressures, um, you know, kind of like the personal challenges that can derail people. And I wanted to make sure people knew they're not alone going through these challenges, um, and that there are things you should take very seriously. Yeah, I... I think I really appreciated that story in your book because we need to talk about real stuff. I think, oh my gosh, like, especially this generation of students, um, they want realness and they see when it's not real. Like, I think it's so obvious sometimes whenever, you know, it's kind of like, you're just 
surface level conversations, um, they're not helpful, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, um, and so, yeah, I, I really appreciated um, your realness in that situation. And I think that like the lesson learned from that, like what I took away from that is that sometimes you can like also prepare for, for everything, right? It sounded like, you know, that roommate was, um, like you said, intelligent and like set up for success. Right. But they still made bad decisions and, um, or like had other kind of things happening, right. That were, you couldn't, you could not have foreseen those things. And so, you know, you can do even the right things and make, and make really good choices, but things are still going to impact you. Right. Um, and so you kind of have to kind of be ready for, for all those things, um, uh, and be able to handle and communicate like you did. Um, so I, I really appreciated that. Um, I want to talk more about why you decided to write modern college, because I think number one, just like the concept of like modern college, what do you mean by that? But what really like drew you to write about this? topic yeah yeah that's a really good question and um you know it's kind of like fundamental to like everything i talk about after it but you know for me it's interesting because like i kind of fully expected to like leave college in the rear view for good and it like wasn't like i was running away from college like i loved my four years there or four and a half years but i think like a lot of people right like you have this next huge adventure and challenge in front of you when you enter the real world where I was like right when I walked off the stage for graduation I was like okay that was great love that experience but like now it's time for the real world like I have a job now I have to pay bills like I you know I'm taking care of everything in my life and what was interesting for me and who I you know credit a lot of this inspiration to is my younger brother Austin so you know as I was graduating the University of Wisconsin-Madison he was actually coming in so we had one semester of overlap. And, you know, the reason I say he's such a big inspiration for this book is that, you know, he essentially kept me tied into the college experience um, when I probably would have normally just, you know, been straightforward with everything. So to give you some examples, you know, my first, you know, kind of like year or so post-college, he would call me and we would like catch up and it would almost always lead to like conversations about like college. And it was like, almost like me reliving all these experiences. He was like, he had a very similar experience with orientation where he was like very flustered. He was like, what do I like major? And I remember like him calling me like pretty emotional, honestly. And I was like, I don't know what to do. Um, you know, and like for the next like year or two, like we would have these combos back and forth. And essentially what I began to realize was like, you know, holy cow, like no one is giving this advice. And I realized that every time I have figured it out, it was really through trial and error. So that's what got me thinking of like, okay, my advice, my experience, right, could probably be applicable to more people than just my younger brother, right? And at first I was like, I'm like very skeptical with like any side project I start. Like I just kind of assume that like someone's filled this gap, that there's like probably so many people out there talking about this. And like as I was scouring the internet, what I began to realize was that there was kind of this void, right? Because a lot of the people that talk about college, like they're smart people, they're talented people, but they're very removed from the current college experience, right? Like these are people who graduated college before the iPhone existed, before Google existed, before going to four-year degree, you know, costs, you know, 100 to 200 grand. And I was like, this, you know, experience of, you know, going through college recently, it's just not being talked about enough. 
And that's kind of like where this idea of like modern college came about was like, I want to give my take on college with a modern lens. I want to talk about it as someone who just did it, who, you know, these triumphs and these scars of college are like very raw and like, it's still in my brain. And I was like, I want to write it while I still can. Mm -hmm. And essentially I want to write the book that I wish someone had handed to me um, when I graduated high school, because it didn't exist from what I could tell. Yeah, I love that. And here's the thing too, right? If you couldn't find it, that's a problem. Yeah. If you couldn't find it, then that means other people couldn't find it, right? So who exactly. are for support and, and for help. So yeah, I think that's awesome. So one of the things that you talked about too, whenever you were talking about like what is modern college is you said in order to find success, you need to evaluate the college journey from beginning to end and clearly define your goals instead of relying on the system to do it for you. Oh my gosh. I was like, yes. Like I was like, I need to highlight that. And we have to talk about this because I think one of the things is that in high school, it feels like people are telling you what to do. And then in college, mm -hmm you kind of get that message from society at large, but it's not directed to you, you know? And, and then you're kind of just like, wait, I gotta, I have to figure this out. And then it's like, it's almost like the rug is like swept up or like, you know, taken out from under you. And you're kind of expecting and relying on somebody else to maybe to kind of tell you what the next step is or what to do or how to kind of navigate all this. And you don't really have that. So I just, I loved that statement. I don't know if you want to share any more about that, but yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's funny, I'm going to go on like a little bit of a tangent here, but I, I do feel like it's, you know, very related to this like underlying question of like, you know, like, what is the purpose of college generally? And then like, how do you find your specific purpose? And it was interesting, because like, as I was writing this book, like I was, you know, kind of reflecting on college. And at one point, like I had this kind of like, light bulb moment, or like, I guess, like point of like, curiosity, where I was like, why did like college become so ingrained in our society in the United States? Like I grew up this whole time, you know, or I should say like collectively, we're all told our whole lives, you know, like go to college, like this is the right path. And I was like, well, like how did that come into being? Right. And that's why I actually devoted a, you know, entire section of this book to the history of college. Right. And it's been really interesting to see like how it's changed over time. And I, you know, I won't go into like all the details, but there's obviously been, you know, things on the government level or like a societal level that, you know, cause the, you know, jump in enrollment to get to a point where, you know, it's basically expected of most people to go to college. But what I also began to realize was that, like, the advice didn't seem to catch up to like the current dynamic, meaning like, I think when a lot of these previous generations talk to current college students now, um, they're talking through the lens of the college experience they went to themselves, which is very different than ours. Meaning like, if you look at the cost of college, right, over the past, you know, like 20, 30 years, it's, out, it's outpaced inflation by over 100%, right? So if you were to rewind, sure, like a couple of decades ago, going to college and experimenting, right, or figuring it out on the fly, or like not even figuring out college wasn't that high of an opportunity cost or, you know, financial cost, right? Like if you went to school, you know, say 30 years ago, and let's say like you landed on major that didn't help you at all, or like, you know, the experiment sort of failed, you know, that wouldn't have been that cost of experiment, right? It could have been, you know, 10, 20 grand. You look at the taste society where the cost of college is so high, I would argue there is 
no other point of our lives where we would spend that much money and not have a clear goal or idea of what we want in return, right? Like you buy a house, right? Which is kind of like the cost of going to college. You know very clearly what you're going to get. Like, you know that I want like this many bedrooms. I want, you know, like this many bathrooms. I want it located here. Like we think very critically about what we're expecting from that purchase. And it's just kind of crazy to me that we're now in this point of society where like these institutions expect students to basically make this high of a financial commitment without really knowing what they're getting from it. So what I was trying to push on there was like, it's not, college is not in a point right now where you can afford to like experiment, at least not for most people. Right. And like, I actually added that whole college decision tree in there. Cause like, there are some exceptions, like, you know, if you are fortunate enough to, you know, get your tuition, you know, covered by someone or, you know, um, like have like some windfall of money, right? Like, sure, um, maybe you don't have to take this advice, but for the mass, you know, majority of people, um, you do want to be thinking critically about what this investment is going to mean, right? Meaning if you put money in, what are you getting out? Um, and it's not necessarily my goal to define that for everyone, but I do want to give them frameworks for how they can think about it and land on something that's logical not something that's emotional or I'm doing this because someone told me to do it. Yeah. Yeah. So much in there. It's so good. And I think like one of the things that you talked about later too in the book is about your major and how important your major is. And it's so interesting because, you know, I come from the perspective of like, sometimes your major actually doesn't matter. And, Mm -hmm. and, but there's a reason for that. I think you, what I really liked about your experience is that you come from more of like kind of a tech business um, mindset and, and mm-hmm. I don't, I'm like very like people oriented and anything that I've done has been like teaching or education or like social sciences, human sciences. Um, and so it's so interesting. I think, yes, your major matter matters so much and it doesn't, but only in some cases, right? Cause some cases mm-hmm. it does really matter. And, but I think the context that you just shared of this is a lot of money <laughs> and you yeah. kind of need to have some direction at least, right? You don't want to just major in a very broad degree and have zero or like even just a little bit of idea of what you might could do with it. Right. Like you need to make intentional decisions moving forward. And that's kind of really what I took away kind of from this, like, I guess, yeah, this just the whole purpose of your book, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I couldn't agree more. And like, honestly, this is when I think of where I devoted the most time and energy or like, you know, really like devoted the most like brain cycles to it was like, how do I take my advice and make it applicable to a lot of people? Right. And like, this is why, like, I lean on things like data. I lean on things like frameworks, parables, if it's appropriate. Like I try to like make it more applicable because I think you're right. Like there is no one size fits all for college. Like for me, right. Like the major means one thing, but like people pursuing different paths, it might not be like, for instance, like there are people who want to pursue very specific careers where like there are set majors. You need to do it if you want to hit that, right? right. Um, for what it's worth, this advice can apply to grades too, where, you know, I didn't graduate with a good GPA. I graduated below a 3.0. It didn't matter for my track, but there are tracks where like if you got that GPA, like your career is dead before it even began, right? And so that's what I was just trying to push with people is like, look, I'm not like trying to tell every single person, right? Like 
this is exactly what you need to do. But I do want to teach you the mental frameworks where you can at least consider and get to your own logical conclusion based on your use case. Yeah. And like question that, right? Question, why are you pursuing this degree over another one? Mm -hmm. um, so that intentionality piece. Um, is there anything else that for you stands out in your book that you're just like, oh, I feel like students need to know this? Um, yeah. Yeah, there's, there's a, that's a really good question. Um, you know, part of me wants to be like, read everything, it's all valuable, but like- I mean, you know, yes, I go that, pick, go pick yeah. up the book for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, it's, it's a really good point, but like, I think you're right in that, like, you know, every book I've ever read, right? Like, the further you get away from reading it, right? Like, you realize there's only two or three big things you're gonna grab from it, right? And so I'll try to maybe kind of think of what those one or two are right now. So, you know, we've touched upon some of this now, which is like, you know, finding your purpose is like, it sounds kind of hand wavy, but like, it is really important. Like, if you don't get that fundamental part right, it's going to be really hard to make subsequent decisions around that. Um, one area that I felt was really crucial, right, was this intersection of like, you know, technology and education and job search, right? And, you know, I'm obviously like in a bit of a bubble. Like I live out in Silicon Valley now. Like I've worked for like big companies my whole life. But what I've begun to realize is I talk to more people, whether it's interviewing for the company or just having side conversations is that, you know, not everyone like understands the power of these platforms, right? And yeah, I work for LinkedIn. So like take everything with a grain of salt, but this platform has been so powerful for me. Like I landed this job you know, through a LinkedIn message from a recruiter, like we were able to reach out and connect on this podcast through like LinkedIn messaging. And it doesn't just have to be LinkedIn. It's like, I talk about, you know, this idea of like having a presence on the internet. And so if there's like one other takeaway I'd really push the students to have, it's to think really critically about like, how are you leveraging technology um, to learn and to network? Because basically the things that are going to matter most are the knowledge you absorb in the people you know and in today's world the only way to truly maximize that is to be aware of the tools and the technology available to you to do that in an effective manner yeah i, I feel like that's something that i try to promote on this podcast is um is being curious and open to possibilities i think even in our case i had no clue who you were and then I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, interesting. And my, it piqued my curiosity. And then it's like, okay, now we have a possible connection. And now, you know, we're yeah. getting to know each other here. And then it's like, what could that lead to in six months or in five years? You know, maybe we're going to work on a yeah. project down the road together, or maybe we'll never talk to each other again. Like, we don't know, you know, but there's, yeah. there's this possibility that, you know, that we could potentially do something really cool together. Um, so I don't know. I just feel like uh, this like it's again being curious and reaching out to people and some people are going to respond to you and some people are not and it doesn't matter like it's okay and just to keep being curious about who people are and like what people are doing I think one thing that I love about this podcast is that I get to meet really cool people like you and I mean I just want mm -hmm. to dive into more of like what is a product manager I don't even know what that is <laughs> you know <laughs> and like yeah. and what is it like to work in Silicon Valley I mean we could do an entire different podcast on that mm -hmm. piece for students too but um I don't know kind of just going back to this like 
because towards the end of the book, you really focus on kind of career and networking and, and internships and what technology is going to happen and, and change in the future with career. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things that I loved so much about this last piece was that you really have to build up you because you don't really know what's going to happen in the future or like what, yep. right? Like what, how these, um, how careers and um, prof your profession whatever that you're interested in now, what, how is that going to change over time because of technology and automation, artificial intelligence? So I just, I love that you touched on that because we need to build ourselves up to be ready for kind of whatever that is exciting, you know, and it doesn't have to be nerve wracking or like anxiety inducing. Exactly. Yeah. And like, that's part of what I wanted to do too, was like, look, I'm not, I'm not trying to get people a degree in computer science from reading my book. I'm not trying to do, you know, it's not a book on achieving financial literacy, but what I do hope is that it'll get, you know, students and recent graduates thinking about these areas because they're very critical. Right. And, you know, at the end of the day, for better, or for worse, like a lot of these, you know, educational institutions don't cover these things, whether that's, you know, assigning them lagging behind the times or it's just not their domain to cover. Um, I wanted to make sure though that I mentioned it in my book because it is so crucial and you can get so many other things right. Like you can have a 4.0, you know, you can make every right move during right every org. Uh, but when you enter the real world and you, you think about building a career, there is like this whole host of like new things, right? And it can be scary trying new things. It can be scary putting your voice and your thoughts out on the internet. It can be scary reaching out to people you don't know really well. But these are life skills that will allow you to, you know, maximize your potential um, and really make an impact, um, you know, in your area or around the world uh, at large. Yeah, oh, that's so good. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that I wanted to talk about in the book. Um, I think you also mentioned career momentum effect, and I hadn't heard that mm -hmm. either. I don't know if that's a terminology that you created to yourself, um, but kind of the idea and correct me if I'm wrong, of kind of like, you kind of just have to start somewhere, whether that's like an internship to try and get some experience. And then you're kind of like mm -hmm. building on that. So you might not land your dream job, like right after college, but like, how close can you get, you know, <laughs> I don't know, is that kind of like what, mm -hmm. I don't know, if you want to say more about that. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, in terms of the term, like, I don't know if I coined it or not. Like I, I absorb so much information that sometimes I'm like, I don't know if it was me, like if I heard it sometime or not. Um, but I do think it like summarizes quite well, like the point I was trying to convey, which is that like when you think of your career and like professional growth, right? Um, so much of it is about momentum. And like, this is in my opinion, why you see such large deltas between like some people who seem to be crushing it and like other people that like are like, I can't even get like off the ground. Like I can't get an interview yet. This person has gotten like three promotions and it's like moving up. Like, why is that happening? And it's like this idea of momentum, right? And what I was trying to, you know, explain in the book about this and like kind of touch upon already, like with the first internship is that like the toughest thing is like in college for the career part is like, you want to fight inertia, right? Like this is why it's so key to like kind of latch on to any opportunity you can, right? Like, you know, an interview that may not seem like it's where you want to be, can give you experience and the momentum you need to go land that next interview. And that first internship, which, you know, might not be what you want to do, like it's something you have, you know, on your resume. Like to give you an example, when I went into the career fair, 
Um, let's fast forward to like my senior year of college, right? Like I already had, you know, two or three big name companies on my resume. And if you think about it, like as humans, we like, we try to take shortcuts, right? And recruiters are no exception. And when they're getting these resumes and they're going through hundreds of students, they're going to look for a shortcut and a, a quick mental shortcut is saying, Hey, like this other company I respect or know about hired them. That must mean they're good. Right. And this is why you see people get this momentum. And, you know, what can actually happen at a certain point is you get so much momentum that, you know, you're almost interviewing the company. Right. Like you're basically saying, hey, look, like I have optionality because I've built this brand because I have these experiences. But you don't start there. Right. Like and this is what I'm like trying to tell the, you know, the students that read my book, too, is like you need to start this early because you're not going to step up to the plate and hit a home run. I certainly didn't, but like if you can get a few singles under your belt, right, then you can be in a good position to like really knock it out of the park through senior year. So, you know, to put this into really tangible terms, like if your school has a career fair, like go your freshman year. And even if you're not looking for an internship, like feel what that environment is like, get used to it, like be comfortable with like standing in a line of people listening to them all pitch before you and then like walk up and crush your own pitch, right? Um, learn what it's like to like build out your resume, like, and like, you have to just kind of do this on your own, like your school is not going to do this. They might even say, hey, look, this is only open to juniors, like my advice and take with a grain of salt is like, just say, screw it, like find a way to sneak in, get, yes. get the student ID of a junior that you know, and get in there and start practicing. Like, what are you willing to do that others aren't to build that momentum in your career, right? And no one's going to tell you to do it. But if you can take this very seriously, you're going to leave college with momentum and the wind behind your sails, rather than trying to like, start up and just get the engine running. So that's my two cents around that subject. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm so glad that you mentioned career fairs too, because this just brought up a memory from my college experience where I went one time and it was so awkward. I felt so weird. And had yeah. I gone a second time, I would have felt so much better. It's like, get the first, you know, your freshman, sophomore year, do it one time and get, get that experience under your belt and just assume it's going to be awkward. You're going to fumble over your words. It's going to be weird. But then your junior year, you can come back much stronger because you have that experience already. The more we do things, the easier it gets. So yeah, I just, oh, gosh, career fairs. They're so awkward, but then they're also so yeah. awesome. And, you know, people are awkward in general. So the recruiters, you know, they, they're talking yeah. to people all the time. So they're, they, they're used to doing this, you know? Yeah. Yeah, no, that's a really good point. And like the, the last thing I'll kind of say, like, you know, kind of on like the career fair topic is like, you just never know like when it's going to be the right one, right? Like I have this short snippet in the book um, you know, about how I basically landed my like second internship, which was at Dell. And I didn't think I was going to make it to the career fair. Like at the time I was like vice president for a student org, like our kickoff event, of course, like coincided with like the night of the career fair. I was like on the other end of campus and I was like, I'm just not going to make it. Like I like have a, you know, a duty here to like oversee this event. And I remember by the time, like, I, you know, like, shook the hands of, like, the new students and, like, cleaned up the pizza boxes, there was, like, 10 minutes on the career fair. And it took, like, 15 minutes to get to the other side of campus. And I was like, do I even do this? Like, I was like, all right, you know, I'm going to just go for it. Like, ran out of the building, like, immediately, like, slipped. It's like a blizzard because it's Wisconsin. Like, I landed in snow. Like, I'm out of breath. I show up at, you know, the Cole Center, which is, like, our big, like, you know, sports facility that they, like, converted to, like, a networking 
sort of event. And I was like already seeing booths get taken down, you know, I'm panicked because I also have homework to do that night. But I'm like, I'm on a mission. I need to talk to at least one company. I'd seen Dell was coming. You know, I walk up to the Dell booth initially, like I didn't, like I was so out of breath and I was rattled and like, I just had like a really awkward interaction, you know, with the guy that was working there. And, you know, as I was trying to leave, I was like, yeah, I like, I got to do something. I don't know what it's going to be, but like, I need to pull something out of my hat right now. And I, I just turned and I was like, Hey, like, by the way, do you know my buddy, Brian Stapleton? Um, who was a friend of mine from my fraternity and the guy there was like, Oh, I was like actually really good friends with him when he worked down here in Austin. And it kicked off this conversation, which eventually led to an interview, which eventually led to an internship, which eventually like led to the start of my career. And like, I would have never in, you know, a million years guessed that like that night would be so consequential. It could have very like, it could have very easily not been like that, right? Like I could have been like, you know what? Like there's not enough time in the career fair. I need to go focus on this computer program. Like I'll figure it out later. And I might not be sitting here had I done that. So, you know, you never know when the opportunity is going to come and you just have to pursue it uh, with as much, you know, tenacity as you can. Oh my gosh. You're like, oh my gosh, that situation though is, I feel like the epitome of college students, right? It's like you, <laughs> yeah. cause you're, you're constantly like, oh, do I really want to put forth effort to go do this thing? Cause you could have said no, right? Just because you had an event, you could have said mm -hmm. no because you slipped, right? You could have been like, well, that's a sign yeah. <laughs> or yeah. there's a blizzard, like the timing yeah. of it. You could have, I mean, you could have been like, oh, that didn't go as well. So you could just like walked away and been like mad at yourself. I mean, but you mm -hmm. have on going, you know, and it wasn't until that last effort that like something kind of clicked, you know, and yeah, we have to put ourselves out there as much as possible and keep trying new things, even when it, it does feel uncomfortable or rushed or like, I don't know if this is going to work. Oh, you know, sometimes it's not going to work. Right. I'm sure you've had other stories where you tried things and it didn't work and yeah. that's okay. Right. And we're going to have a lot of those, um, but you don't know what will. And so you have to put yourself mm -hmm. out there from, to be exposed to more of those opportunities too. Definitely. Yeah. Awesome. Well, um, I think we can go ahead and start wrapping up, but, um, mm -hmm. I guess I wanted to learn too, like, what did you learn about yourself during while you were kind of writing and reflecting on your college experience? Like, what have you learned about yourself? Yeah, that's, it's a great question. And it's, it's one I'm probably like still in the process of doing, but I think there's like, you know, kind of a few things. So one is that like, I obviously learned that I have this passion for writing and like, this is again, like this idea of like exploring and stuff, right? Like I, I've kind of like done the whole, like, you know, gamut of like, you know, subjects, right? Like I started in this like really technical um, major and field and like, what I've come to learn is I actually do prefer things like communication, written and verbal, and like interpersonal communication. And it was kind of like a learning lesson for me. It was like, don't stop exploring after college, right? Don't stop learning after college. And, you know, I basically learned that like, oh, I like, I really enjoyed it right. And um, I've just learned from this process that like, I kind of started to put myself in this box. I'm like, you know, I'm like out in Silicon Valley, like I have a good career. Like, is this kind of embarrassing that like, I'm like writing a book, like are people going to laugh at me? Like, because I have a real job and you're like, why are you like writing a book? Right? Like, I don't know if you've watched the show Silicon Valley on like HBO, but like literally in one of the episodes, they like kind of like, they have the CEO who has like a fall from grace and he, 
he like writes a book and it's like almost like laughing on like how like different like writing is and like the technical field. But like, for me, it's just something I'm interested in and I'm really glad I discovered that passion. So I think that was one big thing. I think the second thing that's helped me a lot is just, I think in college when I made the best decisions is when I was willing to be deeply introspective and like really like almost talk to myself and like question why I'm doing certain things. Like a lot of times we want to just ignore it and not have those combos. And when I was going through this book, I realized that like every time I had like a critical inflection point in college is when I like finally got real with myself and said, okay, why am I doing this? What do I want? Right. And it's something I need to continue doing. Right. Like just because, you know, I have a good start to my career now, does this mean, you know, this is, it for Alex, like, is this, am I a product manager in Silicon Valley? Like, does that describe me or am I going to look, you know, like a fundamentally different person in, you know, 10 years. So being introspective is another thing I learned of the importance and something I want to keep doing. And then outside of that, I just realized I, I just really want to help people go into this journey. Like, I think, you know, one thing we haven't touched upon much here, but you know, it's going to be very relevant for a while is what's the impact of COVID and you know, mm -hmm. how does that change? higher education and the job process. And I think more now more than ever, um, college students are nervous and they're scared and they have every right to be. And I'm going to do everything in my power to try to share that knowledge and any resources that I can with them to help them navigate the journey because, um, you know, it's certainly not an enviable position to be in right now graduating, but it's also not you know, the end all be all, like you have a long career, you have a long life, you know, and my advice to these college grads would be, you know, like think on a long-term horizon here. And like, if you can follow these steps and you can find your interests and keep working hard, like things will align eventually. Um, but you got to stay with it. And if you, you know, get too caught up in the moment or you let these forces around you dictate things, um, you know, you're, you're going to limit your potential. That's uh, the way I would put it. Oh, that's so great. Um, so where can people find you? Where can people find the book if they want to purchase the book? Definitely. Yeah. So, um, you know, for the book, I, I made a decision to, you know, self-publish and I'm launching through Amazon. Um, so if you go search Amazon um, for Modern College, uh, you can find it in both the Kindle and the paperback editions. Uh, in terms of if you want to follow me and some of my resources, um, across social channels, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, uh, you can look up Modern College. And for my personal account, uh, you can follow me on all those platforms at Alex, A-L-E-X, Blitis, V as in Victor, A-L-A-I-T-I-S, as in Sierra. I, you know, like to talk about higher education. I talk about tech a lot. Um, I like to talk about like trending topics as well. So if you're interested in those topics, um, I kind of cover like a wider range of my personal accounts and try to stay focused on higher ed for modern college accounts. Yeah, I love this. And I will make sure that all of those are linked in the show notes. So if you missed one or if you want to refer back to it, please make sure that you follow with, connect with Alex and also purchase his book. And thank you so much for being on. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm you know, really excited to get this out here and to meet new people like you. And, uh, you know, I hope this advice is helpful. And to the class of 2020 or anyone, you know, entering college or in the process now, hang in there. Um, you've got a bright future ahead of you. So I'm excited to see what, you know, this class and the future classes do as well. 
Thank you all so much for listening to the College Life Podcast. Make sure that you go show Alex some love. Follow him on all of his social media platforms and make sure that you go check out his book, Modern College. It's going to be available um, in the show notes. Also, if you loved this episode, please make sure that you leave a five-star review on iTunes. It's the way that most of our students um, are able to find us and also share it with a friend. Make sure that you are subscribed and I will catch you in the next episode. Have an excellent week.